This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, April 8th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And, of course, we are coming at you on Friday while the Masters are going on, while the Red Sox are about to start playing against the uh, the Yankees if they have not already started. They just did, and Garrett Cole just served up a big fatty. Raphael Devers <laughs> says going to be the MVP. First swing of the game for Rafi puts it into the cheap seats at Yankee Stadium. Garrett Cole can suck it. <laughs> Xander Bogarts just hit a double. Oh, this is going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Oh, God, yeah. I'm seeing top of the first one hit and two runs already for the Red Sox over the Yankees. It's, uh, he walked, it's starting he well. Kiki, <laughs> walked Kiki through a, through a fat one to Rafi, and, and Rafi just stuck it. Uh, very nice. I, I, I like it. I like it. Of course, it was postponed from yesterday because of rain and whatnot. Uh, weather throughout the country has been a little iffy, a little eh. Uh, I will tell you this. I uh, I won a, a bet yesterday. Um, I, I, the only bet that I made was to bet against the Braves, and I just bet the Reds to win straight up because I was getting 205. Yes, and, yeah, yep. it was plus 205. I said, yeah, our, boy, our boy Donnie. Our boy Donnie uh, gave that bet out. Did he? Did he? I didn't even pay attention. Yep. I, I knew yep. this I followed. from uh, actually from learning from him. Actually, yep. uh, was betting on the big underdogs early in the season because nobody knows what these teams are really going to look like. I mean, <laughs> like we've got an idea, yep. but yeah, yeah, Reds uh, straight up over over the Braves and, and he, won gave, he gave out he gave out three dogs. I played four dogs yesterday. He gave out the Pirates, who they got killed. Yeah. He gave out the Cubbies. He gave out the uh, the the Reds, and then I took the Astros and hit three out of four of those. It's now not that's bad. rare, but this is I mean, and you're getting you know plus odds on your money for all of these. Yes, yes. The Reds, the so, only one I bet Reds plus two hundred or plus two hundred five. I felt uh, I felt good about that one. Hitting that one last night made me feel good. I was like, all right, starting off baseball season on a winning note. That's a nice way to go about it. Uh, of course, we do have more games going on today uh, and more daytime baseball. Like I, I swear to you, we need more daytime baseball. Like <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite things. Just have it on in the office, just hanging out. It just does it. it you know, it's it's best. You know, like weekends like this because people are already taking off to watch the Masters. So, oh, yeah. so so now you now you, you know you just two TV and they're flipping back and forth or something, um, or if you got a sports bar, um, you know. You can you can kind of see everything. So yeah, White Sox and Tigers are going on as we as we record. Uh, you got the A's at the Phillies at uh, two o five Central. You got Orioles and Rays at two ten. You got Dodgers Rockies at three ten. I mean, it's just it's just all day, 
and and it's glorious. I, I mean, I feel like we should have this every single day throughout the summer. We don't always have daytime games, but uh, but we should. We absolutely should. There should be something going on during the day. I think there'd be a lot more eyes on it as we go through. Uh, we brought up the Masters. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess something good happened. We get another home run. We've got, we we no, we've got four batters. He walked one. Homer <laughs> gave up a double. Gave up a double. Two That's... two two runs. No out. Man on second. Oh my God! Garrett <laughs> Cole sucks. Oh, that contract is so juicy. They still owe him like four hundred million dollars. All right, this is not going to be a shit on the Yankees pod. We can move on. We what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Let's talk about the Masters. Who uh, who you got bets on on the Masters? <laughs> uh, so listen, I I didn't bet a whole lot of guys on the Masters. I didn't play it. Um, you know, I, there there are guys I like. My my favorite golfer in the world has been for the last three or four years. Uh, the, the John Rom. He John Rom is going to be my pick in the Masters every year until he gets. Okay, I yeah. think I think he's the best golfer in the world, and uh, and he's my favorite golfer right now to watch. Um, so uh, you know, I, I I put I put a little bit down on him just so when he wins one day, I'll say I got that ticket too. Um, but but that's that's kind of it. There's a my biggest issue with golf and betting golf right now is there's about twelve young guys that I love watching play, and 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 I think any of them and they're all playing great by the way yeah and so it just makes it it just so difficult you know i love shoffley i love Finau. you know I, I i love cam all of these guys are just they're so young they're so good then you've got the space of the world who i love and he's on his way back it, it if we've ever seen a sport where you can say one guy is bigger than the sport in the first time in the history of all athletics it's tiger you just can't get a ticket on everybody. You just you just can't. And so I I'm instead of I guess instead of wanting because then I would find myself like rooting for the people I have tickets on instead of just enjoying watching my guys do well, you know? Yeah, that's I, I didn't take so, anybody to win outright this year. Uh I bet on four guys to make the top ten. It was Xander Shoffley, it was Tony Finau, yeah. uh it was Jordan Speeth, and it was John Rahm. Like those yeah, are my those four. Are, those, 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 yeah, those, those are my four guys. I, I, I'll be ecstatic if one of those can win it, and 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 all the rest of them come in top top ten. I would be I would be absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, that's that's like, one that of my favorite. Be perfect bets. Masters for me as long as Tiger could be there too. Um, Tiger, Tiger. Right, let's let's discuss and, this. You know, let's discuss Tiger minus Woods. one. First day look good. <laughs> I'm very curious to see how he comes out today. He was. So for the first time in the history of Tiger Woods, um, th- there are reports of Tiger walking off of courses and majors, especially with second place finishes, like cussing and swearing. Yeah. Okay, this guy is the definition of the only success is winning. Oh yeah, it's Ricky and Bobby. He was asked if you're not first. He was last. asked yesterday. <laughs> he was asked yesterday very clearly, "Is this a win for you? Making it 18 holes." And being, you know, one under, and 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 how do you feel? And he said it's going to be a lot of ice. It's going to be, you know, a lot of rest, uh, you know, overnight. And he says this is a win for me. Like I think this is a victory, which I agree with him. And it just made me feel so happy that he could kind of 
he could he could understand he could grasp the fact that I am a human I am not a god and this is a victory and it's okay to celebrate victories like this they're not the the victories that I used to celebrate yeah but yeah, this it's is completely still a different. good victory to celebrate and that that actually made me really proud to see a guy that has just been so ultra competitive and he's kind of wrecked his body over the years to just have a little bit better self-reflection. Um, well, think about this. So, so 500, 500 something days ago, it, he was in a car wreck. People thought that he might die. Uh, he was we in died, critical yeah. condition. We thought he might die. Like he, he could have had his leg amputated. Like there's all kinds of things that could have gone wrong. And, and you see him out there hitting some of these shots. And I tweeted this out yesterday and, and had a few people DM me about it. But he looked better swinging the golf club yesterday than he had in a long time before the wreck. And I tweeted out, like, what if, and let's just say, like, we, we've all seen Christmas Vacation, right, where uh, Cousin Eddie is talking about the little girl, and she was cross-eyed after getting kicked by a mule, and then she got kicked by a mule again or whatever it was, and then her eyes went back to normal. What if this car wreck actually turned him back into the superhuman tiger that we know? I mean, what if he comes out on the course later on this afternoon and, and just destroys everybody? Like, what are we going to think at that it, point? Not saying it can't. Well, not saying it can't happen. Um, and not saying it won't happen. But that'll that would shock me. I would find that to be almost unbelievable. I thought yesterday uh, was shocking. Like, <laughs> no, no, because we saw the practice rounds and we knew that it was a possibility. And there was no question. This I'm going to tell you: when he decided he was going to play, there was no question that I thought he's at least going to be able to shoot par one day. See, the not making the cut and the falling apart and all that stuff, that is that is today, okay? That is that is how does your body react after 18 holes, okay? But we have seen over the last month of him playing and practicing and, and reports. We haven't really seen it, but, but we got reports of, of him practicing and, and taking rounds and all that stuff. And uh, there's no doubt he can play 18. You know, yeah. that didn't surprise me. And he knows every nook and cranny of that golf course. And so true. him being able to play 18 on that course doesn't surprise me or doesn't shock me at all. It's what does he do today? How does his body respond today? Now, if he comes out today and drops the bomb and, and he's, you know, he's doing old school Tiger things and he makes a run or he, he finishes par or under at all today, that's, that's when I tell everybody, you better buckle up. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. Gird your loins because because <laughs> that, that might put a little fire in his belly. Because then he yeah. feels like, maybe I can maybe I can win this thing. And and that's when Tiger gets dangerous. No, you, you uh, but, were 100 But I, yesterday right. was not surprising. It was beautiful to watch, but it wasn't shocking to watch. I'm telling you, there's tons of guys. I listen to Steve Sands for the Golf Network. Steve Sands talks about how there's, there's zero chance. If Tiger chose to play, there's a world where Tiger believes he can win. And he wouldn't have played if he didn't think there was a chance he could win. So, yeah. No, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, a lot of people hitting under par already today. Uh, short tour yeah, today is, they're going a little low. I yeah. think that's because of the weather, right? The, uh, the green's a little, a little softer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not crazy. Like, uh, the uh, Schwartzel is three under, and he's the leader for today's round. Uh, he's now tied for third overall, so it's not as crazy as it was yesterday. Uh, the afternoon rounds got a little 
got a little nuts because that sun came out and dried everything up really quick. It was it was a normal Georgia, you know, it, almost summer day, even though it's at the beginning of April. Uh, but I mean, obviously, it looked gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, it was it was something else. Uh, you've got let's see, four people have already hit two under. Uh, you got five people that are already one under on the day. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's rolling, it's rolling right along so far. So we'll we'll see what the day brings. But I am I'm pumped. I am I mean I am all in, and I do this every year. Like I'm not as excited on Thursday, and I, I start to wonder if there's something wrong with me. You know, because everybody else is so excited and this and that. And then, you know, by about Friday morning, Friday afternoon, I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. Like, I'm going to have this on my TV all weekend long, and I'm ready to do this. So, at this time, well, I'm, it, it I'm fallen, it falling on opening day of baseball this year just made yesterday just a, a really damn good day to watch sports. Oh, yes. To take a half day off work, which I did, watch sports, <laughs> try to do it today, and – uh and didn't didn't work out the way I want it because I got some appointments after we do this, and, you know. So, no, but, but, but I don't it, have a lot. I don't have a lot. Exactly. And Friday evening, there's going to be a lot going on as far as baseball is concerned. Uh, Saturday, yeah. we got the Frozen Four, which I have watched more hockey, uh, college hockey, than I think I've ever watched uh, because of you know our guys, the Westlot Pirates. They do this. Yeah. At, all I, yeah. I, uh, uh, Scuzz does a a bracket. And and it's yep. just for fun. It's nothing crazy. And I've entered it for uh, what a couple of years now in a row. I think you've done it too, right? You're in this yeah. year's bracket, yep. yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't ever really Can't get into to winning the damn thing last year. But it's, uh, this year I am all I need is Minnesota State to win, and I win the college hockey bracket pool, which is absurd considering I have not watched any of it. But I did some research before I submitted my bracket, like just to go in and look and see. What the rosters are like, I tried to look at a little bit of analytics. Nothing crazy. Uh, but right now, I like I'm in third place. And if Minnesota State ends up winning the championship, like I, I, I win the whole thing outright. But my wife has been like, what the hell are you watching? You never watch hockey, much less college hockey. And, <laughs> and I've had it on uh, every night that it's been on. You know, I've, I've got four TVs in my man cave. So it's always got, you know, something on, on every one of these TVs. And, uh, and I've had fun watching that. Like, I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be into the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I have kind of enjoyed this. Like, I enjoyed this more than the NHL playoffs, which is which is kind of crazy. Oh, no, I like it. I like it. But, I, but I've gotten – I mean, it's, over the last 10 years, I've gotten really big in the NHL. I've been trying to be a big advocate for them, get people more excited about it, my, more of my friends. So just so I have people to talk to about it. Yeah. And, uh, and there are more media outlets that I get to, to listen to to them talk hockey because I – I, I like I like it. I think it's fun. It's a fun sport to watch. It's a visually fun sport to watch. So I, I most certainly do not know enough about it to talk about it. But I'm I'm getting there. I'm gonna work on this. You know, it's <laughs> I'm gonna try and I'll watch a lot of the NHL. So. I'm gonna try and expand I mean, my horizons a little bit and see what I can uh yeah. see what I can do because I don't know a lot about the sport. I just know that it is incredibly entertaining. Like it, it, everything yep. is down to the wire. It feels like, uh, and even though Minnesota State won five to one over uh, over Minnesota, it still felt like every play mattered. Even after they got up three one, four one, whatever, it was like, man, one thing goes the wrong way, and this thing could spiral. Like it's it's fun. It is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, let's talk about some football stuff. Bob okay. Bowlesby. Bob Bowlesby is the commissioner of the Big Twelve, and I, he is. Famous for losing Oklahoma and Texas at this point. 
but he is stepping down as the Big 12 commissioner. And now he's been in this role for 10 years now, and he is kind of the last of the old guard. Um, there's a lot of reasons why he may have stepped down now. He did go ahead and, and make sure that, you know, they have more of a foundation built in the Big 12. They brought in BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF after losing Texas and Oklahoma. Uh BB was the commissioner before him, and that was when they lost Nebraska and they lost Colorado, et cetera. And they were trying to, they were just trying to figure everything out back then. But Bowlesby comes in, gives them a little more solid foundation, and now he is stepping away from it. And I don't know that I blame him. Uh, give me your thoughts on what's going on here. Like, I, I kind of think maybe he's getting out so that the new guy can get in and be entrenched long enough. Uh, to understand exactly what's happening before they have to do TV negotiations, et cetera. Uh, but the other part of this is college sports has changed so much in the last five years. I don't know if he wants to deal with it anymore. Like, is that kind of your read on this? Yeah. And you're dealing with a, uh, a conference that is caused himself a part of the power five, but they they do not have power five influence. They do not have power five money. They do not have power five, um, like perspective perception from like the outside and even their peers. Once you take Texas and Oklahoma away from them, like there's not a school in other power five conferences that looks at Oklahoma state as like a top tier program that looks at Baylor like a top-tier program. Like, look at the top tiers of everybody else. You've got Oregon and USC, you know? You've got Ohio State and Michigan. You've got Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee. Like, they all have national championships, okay? You've got, you know, Clemson on the other side. And in its heyday, Florida State. Um in, 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 in Miami and in, in schools like that. Nobody is going to look at the Big 12. I like the schools that they added. I think they got much stronger, not than they were, but th- I think they added the best things they could have possibly added to, to build their brand, to build their value. But they don't have that top horse that can run with anybody. That your best against our best and we can have a real competition, does not exist in the world in which they're playing right now. And I think that makes it really, really hard to do that job. Well, I will say this. uh, He was asked, Bowlesby was asked uh, a few years ago, why doesn't he start a conference network the same way that the Big Big Ten, SEC, et cetera, have done, right? And his thought, I mean, he was as realistic as you could possibly get. He said, we've got... Like 39 million, I think it is. 39 people, or 39 million people in the states in which we are located, which is not enough to justify a cable network, you know, bringing in a a big 12 network. It's just not viable, especially when 22 million of them are in Texas. So, and then Texas already had, of course, the Longhorn Network that's been around for a very long time. Uh, There's... At this point, though, like, obviously, technology is changing. You can do uh, any kind of deals with Apple TV or whoever. Like, you can run your own network and just put it all online. 
which I think maybe Pac-12 probably should have done that uh, because they can't get distribution. But there's there's like a lot of different ways that you can go about this that I I wonder what the next guy will want to do. Like, who will they bring in somebody from the old guard that that reminisces about the old Southwest Conference days? Or will they bring in somebody that is new and innovative, kind of in the same vein that the Pac-12 did? Like, I, a part of me thinks that they need somebody more on the level of Greg Sankey as far as the, the legal expertise, right? Somebody that knows their way around, like the NCAA rule books, et cetera. Uh, and I think I heard Dan Wetzel and, and Pat Forty talking about this. But uh, somebody that knows their way around the NCAA stuff a little bit better, I just I don't know. Of course, the big name is Oliver Luck, but I don't know what Oliver Luck brings to the table as far as being innovative, right? Oliver Luck's been around a long time. He's done a lot of things. He's worked in the NCAA. But I just don't know if he is somebody, uh, being as old as he is, that would be willing to take some chances, and that's what this conference is going to have to do, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to tell you that if I was them, see, this is where we disagree. I don't give a damn about bringing somebody in who knows the ins and the outs of the NCAA because I think that's a dinosaur organization that is going to go the way of the dinosaur in the next 10 years. Okay. And, and I just, I just think every year they lose a little bit more power and influence. And now that NIL, NIL is a thing, like, what are you, what are these schools afraid of the NCAA? Like make sure you're not committing title nine issues. And that's not even an NCAA thing. That's a, that's a federal law thing. Yeah. So why, why, what are you worried about with the NCAA anymore now that we have Title IX? Um, I, 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 I wouldn't do that. I would be bringing in somebody who's young, who's innovative, or maybe not even young, but outside the box. The Pac-12 made an outstanding hire. Regardless of how it works out, they took a big swing with somebody who has built brands in the past and – and who's going to attack this thing from a different perspective than they've ever been attacked before. And I think that's what they should be doing. Well, that's a, you're try, we agree you're on try, that Hang on. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is the old way of Billy Bean in, 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 uh, in Moneyball saying, if we try to play with the Yankees and Red Sox in here, we will lose to the Yankees and Red Sox out there because we can't compete, because we don't have the money. We don't have the resources. And we don't have the athletes that live within our footprint. Okay? Yeah. So we have to do this differently than them. This is the outside of the box thinking that I talk about all the time that I think is important for success for these smaller schools that are struggling to compete in in in, in these big boy conferences. And I think if you're a small conference in the big boy conferences, you must look at it the exact same way. If I play, if I try to match the SEC pound for pound, I will lose because they have a gazillion more fans. They're they're making far more money than I can ever. No one's ever going to offer me the money that they're going to offer them. Nobody's going to offer me the money they're going to offer the Big Ten. The big Dan Wessel brought up, you know, the the biggest city in the state of Kansas is not close to the big as the third biggest city in the state of Ohio. Like that's the like I can't make twenty million people move to my region. So creatively problem solve things you can control. But if you're gonna try to play the game straight up the way these all these old conferences have played it, 
you're just going to lose. You're always going to be a loser to them. Yes, yes. And that's what I was saying we agree so I on. Is, I don't like it, the traditional hire. No, I that's like what I, the old I guard think, hire. Yeah. I, I think they need to go crazy outside the box. Yeah, they need innovative. They need somebody that can make this conference look appealing to a television network. And I don't know that Bob Bowlesby could ever do that. You know, I was thinking about this oh, earlier as well. Uh, Bowlesby, you remember he got into that little feud, like the the PR feud with ESPN? I do wonder mm-hmm. if maybe some of these presidents and ADs went to Bowlesby and said, hey, you might need to step out of this so that we can make sure that we that we actually get paid so that ESPN will actually come to the table. I'm sure ESPN would have been at the table anyway, but they may not have wanted to deal with Bowlesby. So I wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. That's I, I mean, who knows? Maybe. Like it, well, you, no, nothing really came I'm out of that this. because they talked about lawsuits. I know, Bob, I know Bob was trying to do the biggest thing and the best thing for his conference, and he was trying to do the best thing that he knew how to do. He was playing the game the way he knew how to play the game. And, and I don't fault him for that, but it doesn't matter if he got pushed out, if he was forced out, whatever. He ain't the right guy for this job going forward. Him being gone, like I said, if you make a, a wild hire and it ends up being a huge embarrassing failure, you're, it's still better than keeping a guy like Bob straggling on it. Because at some point in time, you're just the littlest dog trying to get to the Super Bowl. And, yeah. and, 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 and the, the crazy outside the box tire might kill you tomorrow. But, but all Bob was going to be is a slow death. Yeah, so no, that's, that's at the right. end of the day, at the end of the day, you're going to die one way or the other. If you bring somebody in who's going to be outside the box and try some crazy shit, then, then, you know, you have a chance at surviving. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, I'm looking over the list of schools that are in the big 12 currently, of course, uh, starting, I believe, after this season, you've got BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. But then you got Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Great basketball league. Eh, I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know what it does for football. So who is interested you know, in, I in doing this. that? They, they do have that, though. It's not like basketball makes nothing. And it's not like basketball is not important. I mean, they do have the back-to-back NCAA champs. Yes. Yes, they do. We haven't had that in the conference in a long time since a single school just went back-to-back. I think the SEC, Kentucky, is the only one that's won a national title uh, since 2006. I think it was 2006 or 2007 when uh, when Florida did their back-to-back. Florida went back-to-back. But other than that, I mean – the SEC, like it, it is football, and and they're building basketball, but it ain't it ain't the Big Twelve. It oh, definitely no, is not the Big Twelve. We're good at everything. We're good at everything because we have all that football money. Yes, and so so we're 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 taking over baseball. We we're taking over basketball. Or we're you know we're getting not taking over, but we're getting like crazy competitive in these other sports now. Um, but it's just one of the hell. Look at women's basketball. You know. You're, I'm telling you, in the next three years, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and LSU going to be the three biggest programs in the country. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think because you're Because you, there's nothing UConn can do to keep up with the amount of money the SEC has to throw around. They just can't. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. South Carolina, of course, winning another women's basketball tournament. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 
It's going to be nuts. I'm I'm real curious about this, uh, what the TV negotiations are going to look like with a new guy, uh, what they end up deciding to do for a new guy. I really want to see whether it's somebody uh, kind of young, innovative. You know, we know the way that the ACC went with Jim Phillips. We know the way that the Big Ten went with Kevin Warren. A little more traditionalist. I mean, they're they're younger guys, but but still a little more traditionalist. Uh, in no, the Pac-12, Jim Jim, Jim Phillips is he is he is literally just a Big Ten puppet. That's, that's yes, it. That's and that, that's what's weird about it is he he's not going to do anything strange, crazy. He's not going to rock any boats. He's not going to do any of that stuff. He's going to play the game straight up the middle. And 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 you can say that's fine and good. I I think for a conference like that that has one big juggernaut and you have two sleeping giants that you'd like to somebody to shake awake, you got to figure a way out to get them up. You got to yeah. figure a way to get, you know, keep your North Carolinas and and your your you know, your other schools in that next level good and competitive and, and get some of these academic schools being a little more competitive. He, he's got to hope that Miami hits. That's that's what he's got to hope for. He hopes uh, Norvell hits. Um, but even on top of that, I do find it weird. Like, John Swafford got his deal done with uh, with ESPN, and then he bolted. Like, he, he retired after he got that big, long extension done with ESPN. So when Jim Phillips came in, there wasn't a whole lot that he could do. The money was already set. It was, it was just, hey, we don't have a lot of negotiating room here until like 2036. No, the, thing, the things that he could have done was, stand, was fight to expand the playoffs. Guarantee that the ACC gets a spot in the playoffs. So yep. that the last two years when they didn't have a team in the playoffs, they don't miss out on those large, gross, obscene amounts of money. Agreed. Like, these are things that he could have, but he's still stuck in the old ways. He's still stuck in the mud of just seeing the world the way he always saw it. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. That's not good. Oh, it drives me nuts. So we'll see what the Big 12 does. Uh, I guess both of us are are hoping that they go younger and a little more innovative. Uh, something different. Somebody that can build brands because... They... I don't really care your age, man. I mean, yeah. you, could, you could be a you know a 60-year-old guy and walk in here and you got young, fresh ideas. Well, that's, that's what I'm to, talking about, know, right? Because I have some other type of business. Like, like your age is irrelevant. I just want new blood. If you go get an Oliver Luck, Oliver Luck has been entrenched in the NCAA way, in the old garb ways of running. I think if you go take somebody from another conference, like an assistant uh, uh, commissioner from another conference, and bring them in, you've done nothing to help yourself, nothing at all, because they're gonna. They only know one way to play the game. George Klyovkov isn't exactly the youngest guy, but that's that's what I was talking about as as far as yeah, young was, was more innovative, right? Like he's he's been around the block for a little while, uh, but he hadn't been around the block in college sports. Uh, Everyone we, hey, thinks experience is like the most valuable thing in the world. Uh, not right and now. At some point in time, somebody <laughs> was the first person to be something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but nobody's got any experience in in what college sports is currently going through. That's the biggest thing. That's it. It's, uh, this is all new. So yeah. the lack of experience can help you be more adaptable than somebody who's super entrenched. Yes. Because when you're entrenched, you're, what, what does that mean? That's that, you're, you're stuck in the ground. You're, you're, you're steadfast in your ways, and everybody else is pivoting, and you don't know how to pivot. Exactly. You're stuck in the damn ground. Exactly. 
Uh, let me go on and do the reads right quick. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. If you haven't already, uh, go visit. You can find everything you need to know about us. All of our shows, all of our segments, etc., will be posted over there. Subscribe on the podcast, whatever your favorite podcast feed is. Make sure and knock that out. Leave us a five-star review, and make sure it's a written review. We certainly appreciate those. Share the show out. Tell your friends. Uh, jump in on YouTube. Subscribe over there as well. Like the video if you're watching right now. And jump into the chat. Jump into the comments. That uh, that helps us out a bunch. We like to see where everybody's from. You know, toss in where you're watching from, where you're listening from, etc. We want to hear all about that. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at ChrisBGiannini. And the show is at Winning Cures. And along with that, if you want to see more of me, you can do so at BetUSTV.com. Uh, we're doing a bunch of how-to sports gamble segments, all that kind of stuff in the offseason. But football season is coming very quickly. Very, very quickly. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chris, I hadn't even talked to you about this, but I think uh, I have got the schedule set up where we will start with college football previews in da, 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 uh, the second week of May. So I'll hit you up about that, though. <laughs> but we're going to be rolling with uh, some football previews. And, uh, and then, of course, NFL Draft, April 28th. We'll be doing our usual live show, all that good stuff. So lots on the horizon for that. Now, let's start off with uh, with this. Did you see that Notre Dame scheduled Tennessee State for week two of the 2023 season? Yes. Okay, I am curious your thoughts on this. Um, the way that this was set up was this is the first time that Notre Dame, it was Notre Dame, USC, and UCLA. UCLA has a game scheduled against, I think, Alabama A&M next season. So Notre Dame and USC were the last two that had not scheduled FCS opponents ever. But of course, in the press release, Notre Dame does not say it is an FCS school. It is their first game against an HBCU, etc. I think, honestly, when I went back and looked at the schedule, they play in Dublin, Ireland the week before this. So I think they were looking for an easy win, somebody they could schedule, come back in, basically run the twos and threes out, and and be able to, to secure a victory. Um, but what do you think that this means anything at all to Notre Dame fans? I know that a lot of the Twitter threads, a lot of the message board threads that I read through, Notre Dame fans were pretty pissed off about this. They have kind of prided themselves on not having ever played an FCS school, and now they're playing Tennessee State. And, of course, there is a connection. Eddie George is the head coach at Tennessee State. He played at Ohio State. Marcus Freeman also played at Ohio State. So there is the Buckeye connection there. But I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, does it mean anything? Um, I think it's important. Uh, you know, I get the fans, like, having the pride of saying, hey, we've never played an FCS school, whatever. And, and you don't want them. I hate these games, okay? I absolutely hate them. But if you're going to do it, I think this is a good opportunity for Notre Dame. Throw a little money around some of these other schools. The, the other thing that you're, you're doing here is Notre Dame's not dumb, and they understand recruiting. This is why they play the teams that they play them. We used to ask the question all the time, why do they play? A couple of years ago, they played like six different games in the state of California. Okay? Why do they go there? Why do they play um, uh, uh, Navy in Yankee Stadium or whatever? Because they want to recruit in the Northeast. They want to recruit kids in California. They want to go down there. Now they want to start recruiting kids in the South. This gives them a nice long weekend in Nashville. 
to start going around, getting kids, getting kids to look at the Notre Dame program. And, and I, I think this is a little bit bigger than, than just, you know, here's the thing. Is there any different than the, the caveat of FCS? I, I understand. But is there any difference between an FCS school and, like, the worst Mac school that you play? Absolutely not. I mean, at the end of the day, like, let's all be real about what we're doing here. This is a pay-for-win. And, and just because, you know, some of those shitty Mac teams, and this isn't a disrespect to all the Mac teams. They're not all this way. But some of them are, Okay. And just because they're not an FCS school doesn't mean that it's it's more respectable to go beat the hell out of them and cut them a check. Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing, right? So if I USC brought in Akron, different. would that be any different yeah. than them playing Alabama A&M? I don't think so. No. It's just in title only, right? It's just in we, we get to pound our chest and say we don't play FCS schools. My thing is this. You're still paying for a win, so who cares if they got but, – but that's the same thing as, you know, what, what does the Big 12 do? Back in the day when, you know, Oklahoma was a juggernaut and Tennessee was one of the worst teams in the country and Arkansas was one of the worst teams in the country, they'd schedule a game to get – look, we're 2-0 against the big, bad SEC. Okay, great. <laughs> like, all right, we brought in Kansas. We kicked the shit out of them. You don't get to brag about that. And if you do brag about that, that's really sad. Well, it's like it's when Michigan really Michigan brought in uh, Vanderbilt a few years ago, and they yes. and they made yes. a big deal about beating an SEC team yes. by twenty or whatever it was, and it's that's right, it's Vanderbilt. That's exactly right. Like, what are we talking about? But that's but that's it. Is the people that are upset about this need to get over it because they're only upset. It's not like Notre Dame is so high and mighty that they never do pay for wins because they because they absolutely do pay for wins. They do it every year. <laughs> it's just what they do. Every yeah. school does it. I don't. I don't knock them for it. They play one of the toughest schedules every year, and I think that's okay. But I, I also too. know what we're t- like. Like I know what we're talking about here. And it's, you see FCS, and you're offended by it, and you're turned off by it. And I don't see them any different as Akron. Well, I, I will tell you this: there are some FCS schools that are that are better than Akron. <laughs> well, well no, we know that. Yeah, Hell, but we know that. We we absolutely know that. So, so South Dakota that's State. Why, beat that's, the why mess. The, that's why I hate. That's why I hate the. Uh, I hate the labels, and I hate the you know this, this that kind of stuff pisses me off. But it's of the course. same thing I hate about the Power Five and the and the and the, and the G Five. Like I hate that title because they ain't all Power Fives, man. Exactly. We got guys on our school in in our group of the SEC. They ain't Power Fives. They're just a member of this country club. Yes. That's it. They pay the right dues to the right people. But they're not competing at the same level everybody else is. Yeah, there's people that play at the Masters every year that are not going to win hey, it. That that will never win. I got to go. Uh, you, you done? All right, I'll let you out of here. Yeah, I'll finish this thing up. Bye. <laughs> Later. All right. Uh, I did want to bring up, uh, and I hate that I couldn't get his uh, his intake on this, but uh, but Louisiana has cleared NIL for high school students. Now, this seemed like a pretty big deal. Bruce Feldman tweeted about it, and in his tweet, he said that the biggest winner for this is Arch Manning, and I would have to vehemently disagree with that because the way that the Mannings have set this up, Cooper and, of course, the two brothers, Peyton and Eli, uh, they have kind of built this wall around Arch Manning. He does not have social media. He is not, uh, he's not out there. Like, he's not really letting it be known, which, by the way, Arch Manning is visiting Virginia 
this weekend. It, it, just to get a visit for Tony Franklin. Uh, Tony, uh, oh, God, I hope it's... T- I messed up the name. Either way, either way, the former Clemson offensive coordinator. Um, just for him to get a visit out there from Arch Manning is a pretty big deal. But regardless, Arch Manning, I don't think it has to worry about this. The Mannings have money and money and money, and they don't have to worry about this NIL stuff. I don't think Arch Manning is the biggest winner here. Somebody may offer him a bunch of money. That does not mean that he's going to take it. He ain't going to be swayed by money. Arch Manning is going to go where he wants to go, and the money will never be an issue. We won't have to worry about that. So I don't think that that's the biggest winner. I think the biggest winner is these other kids that are in the state of, uh, in the state of Louisiana. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. See what happens there. Uh, we won't talk long about this. Chris and I might hit on this next week. The Bills signed an extension with Stephon Diggs. Four years, $104 million. Uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, apparent, it's $70 million guaranteed. Apparently, the Colts offered the same thing, only they offered $69 million guaranteed. So then the Bills came back and offered one more million. Eh, you know, uh, there's two years remaining on his existing deal. And the total value of this is $124.1 million over the next six years. That's pretty good. That is pretty good, pretty good dough. So along with that, of course, that has led uh, Debo Samuel, who is a wide receiver, running back, whatever, just uh, all-around offensive player for the San Francisco 49ers. It has led him to unfollow the 49ers. He's in the last year, or going into the last year of his rookie deal, and they do not have an extension in place. They don't have any whatever. But he is absolutely the focal point of their offense. He is what makes them go. And I know we can talk about George Kittle and whatever else, but it's Debo Samuel. Like, he is the guy. And I'm curious what they're going to offer him because he plays a little bit of everything. He's a slot guy. He's, uh, he can run post routes. He can run everything. So what is he worth, right? It, is he worth more to the 49ers than he is somewhere else? And does he expect to be paid more by them because of the way that they use him? Uh, this one's going to be very interesting to watch as we go along, all the extensions, etc. cetera. Uh, I will tell you this. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. My allergies have been killing me lately. We were at 76 degrees uh, a couple of days ago, and today the high is like 50. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is about to drive me insane. My sinuses are just ugh, like ripping through my skull right now. So, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. We hope you all have really good weekends. Hopefully your Masters picks win. Hopefully you all enjoy watching baseball, all the spring games. I hadn't even talked about those. I might hit up on some of those on Monday. But we do have a lot of spring games coming up this weekend. As a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and uh, and read some of those off as we go, or as we wrap this thing up. But uh, spring game schedule over at FB Schedules for, let's see, uh, Friday, April 8th, we got Houston tonight. Uh, SMU and UTEP is also tonight. You got Liberty on Saturday, you've got, uh, let's see, Purdue. You got Toledo, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Clemson, Kentucky, NC State, Pitt, Auburn, uh, Arizona, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas A&M, UAB. Uh, let's see, what do we have late? Florida State, Boise State are going to be knocking theirs out. Arizona State late Saturday. A lot of spring games. I've got the DVR already set to record all of them, or as many as will be televised. And then, of course, we'll go to YouTube and whatever else after that to uh, to see what we can find. But 
you know, getting a feel for what these teams are going to look like as we go into the season. I'm working on a couple of different things. Uh, what team's actual record was last season with postgame win expectancy, etc. So get a feel for what the team really was compared to what they are. Lots of stuff. Like I said, I'm going to talk to Chris, but it looks like the second week of May is when we're going to start our college football previews. And we're going to start previewing one side of the conference every show out from here until July. And then we're starting with the NFL divisions. So we're going to be ready to rock and roll. But let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. You guys have been fantastic as always. Make sure and like the video if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on podcast, share this thing out. Tell your friends. Make sure that you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed. And with that, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.